Blog Talk Radio. Challenging, thought-provoking, insightful. This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics. Hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran former law enforcement officer and founder of the internationally regarded executive protection team. Through counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. With today's edition of God in Country, here is host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Well, welcome, 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 welcome. Thank you for joining us, America, and all around the world. Thank you for... uh, for taking the time to join us. I know you have a lot of things that you could be doing, but instead you're with me, and I love that. I absolutely love that. It, it's cool, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it's it's awesome. And so I just, uh, you know, today today it's an eerie thing. Very, very eerie thing. Because... A lot of police officers have died over the last, not even, uh, I think not even 60 days. A lot. Lots and lots of police officers have been killed in the line of duty. And today's show, of course, the title of the show every week is The Collision of Faith and Politics with the Ninja Pastor. This episode is called Trump on Trump. But on this episode, I, I want to dedicate this to uh, Prince William County, Virginia, police officer killed in the line of duty on her first day of job. First day on the job. Her name is her name was Ashley Gindon, 29 years old. First day on the job. She came out of the academy, and she went on a call, and the guy had already murdered uh, his wife. And he was bent on murdering anybody else that came within rifle range. And she was within rifle range, so she got killed. And other police officers were uh, very seriously wounded. And, you know, I don't know that the president has said anything. I mean, there have been police officers all across the country who have been killed, as I said. And and uh, the president seems unmoved by it, quite frankly. I mean, I don't, I don't want to put feelings... In the guy's um, in the guy's head, but or in his heart, for that matter. But good lands, folks. Not a peep out of him. He goes to the he goes to the cameras and he does things to get media coverage and attention. When uh, a black person is killed, although a black police officer was killed and. And uh, in the line of duty uh, a couple weeks ago, and he didn't have anything to say. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know. But dispensing from this guy's obvious political hatred and personal hatred for law enforcement and 
for people doing the right thing, quite frankly. I have to say, I don't know. It's got to, you've got to wonder, you've got to wonder. And one of the commenters, my buddy Jerry from Pennsylvania, uh, commented, um, he commented that at least Trump supports the police in every rally, and I and I appreciate that. He is pro-police, and, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what he is, what he isn't, um, with proof. And I, you say, well, man, I'm tired of hearing about it. Well, I hate to tell you this, but you're going to be hearing lots more than lots more about it, and 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 not from me, because it's this is a pivotal discussion. I think today you'll find useful, by the way, but I but I do want to focus on Ashley Gindon. Um, she's a 29 year old Prince William County, Virginia police officer. She was killed in the line of duty, literally on her first day on the job. God bless her. So I wrote a, um, you know, I write a blog. I don't know if you guys know that. I Some of you have joined me, and and uh, you, you're not aware of what all I do. Uh, but I wrote a, I write, uh, I have a blog, theninjapastor.com, and that's my website, and then the blog is on that. And uh, there's all kinds of stuff you can do on there. It's pretty cool, and there's all kinds of unique little articles and different things that I write. But... I wrote one the other day. I can't remember what day it was I wrote it. I think maybe it was uh, Saturday. I think it was Saturday or Sunday. And let's see. We're up to almost 3,000 shares. We're 100 short of 3,000 shares. So, you know, I'd love for you to go there, theninjapastor.com. Go to the blog. The blog post is the most recent entitled to my good friends that support Donald Trump for president. And just go there, even though I'm going to discuss it here, it's very helpful to me if you go there and you click on it. And there's some cool links on there. There's a video at the end uh, of the blog that I would encourage you to watch. Uh, And it will blow your mind. We're going to talk about that video, too. But the bottom line is, is there's, there's a family in the United States of America who today is mourning the loss of their daughter. A sibling is mourning the loss of their sister. A friend is mourning the loss of their friend, and the colleagues in the thin blue line are are mourning the loss of their colleague. I remember my first day. I was a police officer, and uh, I remember my first day. Teddy was my, uh, he was my, uh, my field training officer. It was weird because before my two years was up, I was on probation. I became a field training officer <laughs> on my platoon. It was weird. I, I, they told me I was the first one they'd ever done that. They'd ever ever done that. They said that. Um, anyway, not pertinent. But the point is, first day, you know, you don't expect to get into something. You expect to ease into it. This twenty-nine-year-old police officer. She went to work. And some people say, well, didn't she have a vest on? Or Look, a, a high-power rifle uh, was 
Look, there's, there's. I have a custom-made vest. I, I did uh, before my car crash. I did high-level armed executive protection all over the world, and and I have a special vest I had made for me. A really nice man in Pennsylvania. He's retired now. He custom-made them. Custom-made the vests, and and so he custom-made one for me. Custom-measured me, but he did something. I had an idea. I said, Hey, look. Um, I know that blunt trauma, you know, you get shot by a rifle, even if your trauma plate's a ceramic plate in the in the middle that ostensibly covers your heart and, you know, uh, the major stuff. It's very hard and you can't, you know, it's not flexible at all. And I said, what if we put a soft trauma plate underneath, then the ceramic trauma plate, and then a soft trauma plate over top? Yes, it'll be thicker. But is that possible? And he said, well, I've never done it, but why not? So he did. And I never had the use of that kind of vest when I was a police officer. Um, I had a point blank, not to give uh, a, um, they issued us point blank, right? And so, you know, you graduate the academy. By the way, I sang the national anthem with a guy named um, Dave Brandt. God rest his soul. He's, He's no longer with us. And we sang the national anthem, and and, uh, oddly, this will be funny for you to know, the vice president of the United States, uh, Joe Biden, he was not the vice president then, he was just Senator Joe Biden, he actually pinned my badge on. And he he really, uh, he was actually a very nice guy. He was very pro-police. He was very, very congenial. I bumped into him. One time, two two or three years later, and he remembered who I was. I said, he says, how you doing, Pipes? And I said, sir? He said, how you doing? I said, why did you call me Pipes? And he said, because you sang at the at the graduation, the national anthem. It was awesome. I said, you remember that? He goes, of course I do, and I pinned your badge on. I said, wow, thank you very much. I was touched by that. We can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. The guy is very congenial when he's not being crazy. So I remember, you know, there's a couple of days after graduation. Some people had three or four days before they started their first day of work as a police officer. And you were with a, you know, senior officer and you rotated. You had a primary, uh, you had a primary police, uh, primary uh, field training officer. And then you had others after a few weeks that you would switch to. Well, my primary, his name is Teddy. I'm not going to say his name on the air. He's a very private man. And I remember... Uh, he seemed very high-strung to me. And Teddy, I couldn't have had a better uh, a, a, a better field training officer. I really couldn't have. He was really, really a good guy, but he was very high-strung. He was a little guy. Um, you know, it looked kind of funny, me riding, you know, next to him because he looked pretty small. He was a senior corporal, and, and I was just a, a raw, raw rookie, didn't know anything. Just out of the academy, six-month academy, I didn't know anything. And he'd been on the department already, I think, almost 20 years. So, you know, he, he knew a lot. He was a senior corporal. Well, I remember what he said to me. He said, listen, there are some seasoned and officers that think they're seasoned that are going to tell you stuff that's absolutely wrong. And there are others that are going to tell you, hey, listen, forget everything you learned in the academy. We'll show you how it's done out here. You watch us. We'll show you how it's done. The academy is theory and practice, and this is practice. This is the real deal. And he said, you're going to hear that, and just smile politely, bob your head, and then ignore them. 
because those are generally the officers that aren't going to do it the right way. And I remember, ironically, the 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 lieutenant nobody wanted. I won't say his name, uh, but he was awesome. Nobody wanted this lieutenant. Everybody's afraid of him. I I had a great experience when he was my lieutenant. And platoon sergeants, I mean, it I couldn't have been better off. I really couldn't have. And and our academy instructors, our drill instructors, they were phenomenal, phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Of course, they're all retired now. So, But oddly enough, everything that nobody wanted to get their first day on the job, I got. Right? I get the platoon that nobody wanted. I get the platoon lieutenant nobody wanted because he was supposed to be the hardest dude. He was, he was just, you know, tough as nails and not very forgiving and, and all this stuff. I mean, he just, you know, he had a reputation for just, you know, being a... Not very nice guy. I can't say it over the air, but what people called him. But anyway, not that it would anyway. But my experience, I'm just telling you, I'm just getting it on record. My experience was opposite of that. Yes, he was tough, but he was a great guy to, to work for. He was truly, truly awesome. But nobody wanted to get, nobody thought they wanted to get midnight shift, their first shift. You don't want midnight shift. You're starting off on the most dangerous shift, the busiest shift, and all the bad guys are out. Well, I wanted that. That's what I wanted. I said, man, trial by fire, let's get her done. I'm six months sitting in a chair and running around and uh, doing calisthenics and studying criminal law and traffic law and constitutional law. I mean, that was a little bit of a joke. Um, But all the different things you study. I mean, you know, lots of hard work. I mean, people don't realize how hard a police academy is. So six months of that, you know, but I wanted to get into it. You know, I had, I had a little bit of a background that was busier than, than most and, and a little more, let's just say, dynamic than most. Uh, I'd been a lot of places and done a lot of things and, and had some wild stuff, but I played that down very, very much. Uh, you never want to go into that sort of situation bragging, you know, bragging about, well, I've been around. You know, I've been around the world. I've, I've, I've dealt with some bad stuff. You know, all of this. You just don't do it. You go in low key. You go in low key. But let me just say this. You know, a lot of these people were fresh out of college. Nothing against college. I mean, I have 11 years of postgraduate education for Pete's sake. But college isn't the end all to be all. And I'll tell you what, for a police officer, it really isn't. So you know, these, a lot of these people were fresh out of college. We even had we even had people that had never had a real job before, but the, you know there was a consent decree. You had to hire, hire a certain number of minorities and women, and you know we had one lady. Uh, once I became a field training officer, she this has nothing to do with the show, by the way, but I'm just sharing this with you. Um, one lady, she was a school bus driver. And being a school buster, she was terribly out of shape. She'd never fired a gun. She'd never been in a fight. And she quit being a school bus driver because uh, she literally urinated in her pants a couple of days because of how mean the kids were. I kid you not. This is for real. She did that again as a police officer. I was a field training officer, and I had to evaluate her, and I put her in. I said, you know, this is crazy. This, no way this woman should ever be a police officer. And they pushed her through. 
And eventually she quit the job under pressure because she was a nightmare. She she didn't want to load her gun. She didn't like guns. She says, I can talk anybody out of anything. Come on. Just an absolute danger. Anyway, that's beside the point. The point here is the first day was midnights. I wanted that. Nobody else did. I get the squad. Nobody else wanted, but it turned out to love it. I got uh, squad sergeants that, that were absolutely extraordinary. And I have to tell you, you know, Teddy was not uh, the guy everybody wanted as a field training officer, but I'm just going to tell you. He looked at me. He told me that. He said, you know, your people are going to tell you things that are just, they're false. You listen to me. I will not lead you astray. And he said, trust your gut if something happens to me. You trust me, but if we're on something that turns bad, trust your gut. You got a good gut, I can tell that already. But don't trust your gut until that happens. You trust what I tell you to. And I remember... um, I remember our very first call, we were in an area that was really bad, and it's gotten progressively worse. And, and I'm not going to say where it is, because in case any listeners are living in that area, no offense to you, um, but really violent area. We go. Our first call, our first call is a lights and siren call. You never want that. Big fight in this 11 people fighting, and it's a really bad area, and and they say they got they have weapons and this, that, and the other. So I'm driving. He says, you might as well start. And a lot of times uh, field training officers wouldn't start their, wouldn't start their rookies driving. They, they, I want to see how you drive first, you know, but I want to teach you how I drive because that's how I want you to drive. But he, he said, hey, you got to start somewhere. Lights and siren, 120 miles an hour down uh, Interstate 95. I'm just flying. And... <laughs> We get there and 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 it's just mayhem and we have to just start separating people and you know and I, and, and all these things are going through my head what to do you know I wasn't afraid because I was you know I'd been in bad situations before much worse than this but you know you never know you never know when somebody is going to poke a rifle or a pistol out of a window and take a shot at you this is a bad area we get rocked and bottled all the time. You never know when you're getting caught. It doesn't have to be the first day, but you know what? This It could be the first day. So I remember thinking to myself, wow, this is this is what I wanted. I wanted this. I wanted this fiery start. Pardon the, pardon the pun. I wanted this fiery start to my day. You know, I wanted, I wanted to really... I just I wanted to get after it, man. I I didn't want to be sitting on the sidelines, and I sure wasn't. <laughs> and and afterwards, I remember how cool it felt, you know, when when he was evaluating, you know, because everything you do as a rookie gets evaluated, both in writing and you know you talk it out, and then it gets everything gets written down. And he said, "I feel pretty safe with you," and that he couldn't have said anything better to me then I, I feel pretty safe with you. You drive well, you're very calm, and uh, you know you really handled that well, and they didn't look at you as a rookie at all. But you know what? This young lady, Ashley Gindon, she's 29 years old. She changes her career. She says, hey, you know what? This is what I want to do. This is what I've always wanted to do. She tells her family, this is what I want to do. 
I want to be a Prince William County, Virginia police officer. I want to go make a difference. So she goes to the police academy. She does well. She wasn't one of those ones that gets pushed through. She she wasn't part of the consent degree. She was she was tough as nails and she and she was smart. And she rolls up with her with her FTO in an extremely bad situation, a domestic. Uh we have EMT uh nurses and trauma nurses who are listening and in chat. Welcome. They can tell you, listen, when it's a domestic violent situation and it's going on right then, that's dangerous stuff. People are passionate about that. Well, that's what this was. And and the man had already killed, he had already killed his wife. And he just opened up. As they drove up, he opened up on them. As soon as they, be, as soon as they were in the line of fire, he squeezed off rounds. And he killed her, shot her right through the chest. Killed her instantly. So people say, well, didn't she have a vest on? Now, my vest, the one that I kind of helped design, I still have it to this day. Um, it would have stopped the round. It would stop all the way up. It will stop all the way up to a 308, which those of you that are into rifles, that's a tough round. And I'm telling you, the blunt force trauma would be extraordinary. Uh, but I would survive. If it hit the trauma plate, I would survive, most likely. But you know... Uh, just so you understand, the little uh, the, the little vest I had issued to me as a police officer, it was it was chintzy. It had been worn before by other police officers and turned in. It was dirty. It smelled bad because you sweat like the dickens in them. And it's 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 just not it's it's that balance of how long can you sit in a police car in the summer. Wearing all this other crap you have on, you have 50 pounds of gear on. How long can you wear a vest like the one I'm talking about? Now, the one I'm talking about, I I worked my way into wearing that. And sometimes I'd wear it for 18 hours straight. Let me tell you, it didn't smell good when I was finished with it. But I trained myself for that because I said, hey, if I get shot with a rifle, I want to be able to survive to fight. But, you know, what they issue police officers, and you're starting off, you're not getting that ton of money you don't you don't have the money to go out and have one custom made so you you wear what they issue you well this one didn't stop the bullet it went right through and it killed her god bless her god bless her and god bless her family so this this today's show that whole big long thing today's show is dedicated to the memory it's dedicated to and in the memory of ashley gundon 29-year-old Prince William County, Virginia police officer, killed in the line of duty on her very first day on the job. So I did this blog post. I did this blog post. And I write different things. Well, let's just say some is fired up. Some is... um, Some is trying to educate only, some is gentle, some is, I don't know how to describe it, doesn't matter how, but the point of the matter is, is I write different kinds of things for different reasons, but this, what I wrote, uh, I hadn't planned to write it, I didn't have an outline, didn't do any of that stuff, um, I don't generally write with an outline, my own, my book um, was a derivation off of my dissertation, my doctoral dissertation, one of them. And 
So suffice to say, you know, I kind of had an outline there, but usually when I write, I just write off the heart. And then I research to make sure that am I remembering this correctly? Is the data I have, did I fact check it as much as I possibly could? Have I attributed people as I should and all that stuff? So I wrote this, wrote this in about 10, 15 minutes. Wrote it at my kitchen table, sitting in one of the chairs, kitchen table, just typing it out. And that article is going to be a huge, huge part of my radio show today. And I'm going to pick the issue apart that I talk about. Um, but I, I would like you, if you get the chance, if you haven't yet, to go over there to theninjapastor.com or drshawngreener.com and click on that blog. Go down, peruse it. There's some links there, some cool stuff for you. I'd love for you to do that. Share it with your friends. We're, we're almost to 3,000 at this point. So here's, here's what it's entitled. Here's what it's entitled. To my good friends that support Donald Trump for president. Now, you may think that's some sort of bait thing. I mean, hey, it's all about clickbait. Thing is, is uh, I don't get any money for my blog. I pay money, but I don't get any money. So I don't have clickbait. I don't make the only thing on there that I make anything on is if you click on second call defense. There's a banner on there about second call defense. I have that, um, and it's amazing. If you own a gun or carry a gun, listen, you got to have second call defense. It's silly not to. Um, there's a whole big thing on there. You can click on that, but I don't get money for clicking on it. I only get money if you sign up for it, and it's the most expensive policy they have. I think I get fifty cents. So. I'm not getting rich off of it. I'm more interested in you having what you need to protect yourself than me getting rich. So, in other words, my website and my blog, it's not a it's not a click farm. I'm not trying to bait and switch you. The title is To My Good Friends That Support Donald Trump for President. And I mean, I have some really good friends. There's some friends in chat that I think are going to support Donald Trump for president. And and I and I and I'll tell you what else too. I'll tell you what else too. I think this would be interesting. I have friends that I so deeply admire, some of which are listening to this show, famous people, uh, very successful, great at what they do, uh, just extraordinary people, extraordinary people. And so um, I, I'll tell you the truth. It's, it's one of those things. They're people. They're difference makers. They're difference makers. They are people who are the best people on the planet, I think. They're they're just they're smart. They're they're well read, they're well researched. Um but they they support Donald Trump. They support Donald Trump for president. And I don't throw rocks at them. They're people I love. They're people I, I care very much for. You know, these are people that matter to me. They, I'll be honest with you. They're people that matter to a lot of people. They're people that matter to a lot of people. So to my good friends, and when I say my good friends, I, it's not a trick. I, I have great Friends who are Donald Trump supporters. Just extraordinary people. And you know what? I'm still going to be their good friend. They're still going to be my good friend. I care about them. I'm not, I'm not, going, to, uh, 
I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, well, you know, since you support Trump now, we're done. That's it. We're over. Look, I don't have any time for that. I don't, that's stupid. Friends, Good friends are hard enough to come by without doing that. Now, if they start slinging the mud, the, the um, I don't even what they're, people have nicknames for them now. I don't know. Uh, but the people, they seem like they've lost their mind. It's like they're emulating Donald Trump in their, um, in their, in their way of doing what they do. You know, they kind of channel Trump. Well, most of my friends that, that, that I refer to as really good friends, I got a newsflash for you. They are, uh, they're not that way. We're still close friends. I love them. I support their right to choose who they want to be. You know, hey, this is America. Support who you want. I'll be honest with you. I, I, I don't think you should be able to support a socialist. I think a socialist or a communist running, he ought to be ashamed of himself. But he's not. That's because he's a socialist. I th- I'll tell you what. I think that that uh, we should be totally embarrassed that the environment is such in this country that a guy like Bernie Sanders, an avowed socialist, guy's never outside of government jobs, has never made a paycheck. Mom and dad had to support him all the way up until he was 40 years old. And even then, he went from mom and dad to the taxpayer. 25 years in in politics, never had a bill with his name on it. And he brags about being a socialist. And all he does, really, is run around to the the perpetually aggrieved and say, black people, I'm for you. I'm going to help you. You're Boy, those bad cops... I'm here to save I'm here to save you from those bad cops. Those cops are terrible. You just run around killing black people willing. Oh, there's one. Boom. There's another. Boom. Come on, that's stupid. It's stupid. The guy's playing you. I have a, a large black audience and and I can tell you right now, those people who are listening, they'll they'll tell you. Remember Kay Carl? Kay Carl was on here of of uh, Frederick Douglass Republicans. And K. Carl, you know, he'd tell you, man, they're getting played. So I mean, I think it's embarrassing. I think I think it's I think it's egregious that how in the world? How in the world are you gonna have a socialist in this country show his face, let alone well, it's a free society, and we well, we just want everybody, everybody to have, you know, uh, free, uh, free opportunity to speak to the people, and and it's yeah, it's that's what built America. No, it's not. Stop saying stupid stuff. Read a book. That's not what built America. That's not what built America. Yeah, my buddy Craig, uh, he puts it well. Bernie was the kid in the 50s and early 60s that everybody gave atomic wedgies to. And this is his revenge. My, you said it well. Anyway, so so when I say, when I'm addressing this to my good friends that support Donald Trump for president, I'm sincere in that. And I want to stay good friends. I want to stay good friends. I don't want to, hey, I'm saying hey to my buddy, my buddy Isaac's down there, and he's he's getting her done. Runs. I'll give him a free look. There's, I'm guessing, going to probably be about between six hundred thousand and a million people listening. County Appliance. If you live in Newcastle or Kent County, 
You want this guy in your house, county appliance, flood his phone lines. I mean, he can fix anything. And if this guy says, he just drove up to my studio here. That's, But I'm telling you, great guy, great friend, great guy. If you need something fixed and you're in Kent or Sussex County or Kent or Newcastle County, he's the guy you want in this house. And I'll tell you what else, too. How we became friends, he came to my house. This has nothing to do with the show, by the way. He came to my house, didn't know him from a soap stick. Most of you don't even know what a soap stick is. But a soap stick, didn't even know him from, people say didn't know him from Adam. Didn't nobody know Adam except for Adam and his family. And then eventually, you know, everybody died. So I guess it makes sense. Didn't know him from Adam. But uh, so I didn't know the guy. I just, I looked at ratings and reviews, said, man, this guy's got a good, good reputation. I needed something fixed. Didn't know what was wrong with it. Comes to my house. We liked him so much. We said, hey, man, why don't you stay for dinner? And we've been good friends ever since. Isn't that something? And let me tell you what, he has helped us out and helped lots of my friends out. Good guy. Isaac from County Appliance in Newcastle and Kent County. Awesome dude. Awesome dude. 302 area code. Anyway, has nothing whatsoever to do with what I'm talking about. But anyway, so let me dispense with the disclaimers first. This is back to the blog. I believe, and and if you've listened to this show, you know this is true. I'm not making this up. I really do believe that Ted Cruz, Senator Ted Cruz, is the most competent person for the job of President of the United States post-Hussein Obama. Now, why do I say that? I'm never going to get through this if I keep stopping, but you got to know what I'm thinking here. Uh, and I think, I think it doesn't help anything if you don't know what I'm thinking. So why do I say it that way? I believe Ted Cruz is the most competent person for the job of President of the United States post-Hussein Obama. Why? Because we need a different kind of president than we might have selected pre-Obama. Or if Obama had never been on the scene. It's a different guy, folks. This is a different guy. This is a different kind of president we need now. Why? Because, yeah, we had a bad enough time on 9-11. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. But you know what's gotten worse? What's gotten worse? everything. <laughs> There's a meme running around uh, social media talking about from, from Occupy Democrats. or op- Is it Occupy Democrat? I think that's what it's called. Uh, they're a goofy group. Really super goofy. Uh, so, so anyway, there's this thing going around, and, and it talks about how great he is for president. Taxes are down. More jobs. Uh I don't know. It's a big, long, stupid list. It's ridiculous. And people are like, yes, and he's finally brought class and elegance back to the White House. We're so proud of our president. Well, that's stupid. You're just saying no less than 3% growth. Thank you, Jerry. Less than 3% growth for the last 10 years. So this thing's going around and people believe it. Unemployment is at the lowest point, blah, blah, blah. You know, And now he's bragging on gas. He fought it. He fought it, and and he couldn't win, and the gas prices went down because in the United States, the supply is is undercutting the prices of the people that hate us in the sandbox and want to kill us. By the way, it's freaking them out. The Saudis and all those, it's freaking them out because you know what? They live an opulent lifestyle, and without the high dollar prices that they would get by high per barrel prices, they lose money because of how they live. Look, there's 100 million people out of work, and most most of the – look, you – anyway, see, now I'm going to get mad. Jerry done made me mad. Most – I still love him. 
mo- the numbers that are being given by the government are generally speaking a lie. When this, uh, you know, they'll always correct it a couple of weeks later. Sometimes it will, sometimes it won't. They will say, by the way, somebody just sent me a message. They want to know who did the photography, who did those photographs in my blog post. Um, I did the first two. Let me see if I did any more in here. Uh, and then the the thing, the emblem, my uh, tiger, the DrSeanGreener.com, motivational and inspirational public speaker and author, that, that uh, not tiger, lion, that lion was done by Bryn Sellers. Phenomenal work, let me tell you. She did an awesome logo. So go see that. But uh, the photographs, the first two photographs, I shot those. That was me. I'm kind of a little bit. I'm new into photography, but I'm I'm loving it, loving it. So anyway, let me know what you think of me. You go over there and comment. If you're not going to comment on what I wrote, comment on the photographs. You suck. You should throw your camera in a drain. I prefer you don't say that, but whatever. I'm sensitive. My feelings have been hurt because of Obamacare. Here's here's the fact here. Because of Obamacare, you know, people that used to have a full time job now don't have a full time job. They have two part-time jobs or one part-time job. Why? Because they can't they can't afford it. They can't afford it. They the, the bosses can't afford it. You say, "Oh, I hate the boss. It's labor versus." Uh, come on, that's stupid. That's stupid. That's just childish. This whole class thing, us versus them. Listen, folks, we better get in this fight together, or you know what's going to happen? There ain't going to be no us because there ain't going to be any place for us to be. I'll get them if I ever get to it. So anyway, Ted Cruz, I believe he's the most competent person for the job of President of the United States post Hussein Obama. Why? We need a guy who says what he says he's going to do. And in the blog, I put it this way. Ted Cruz did exactly what he said he would do, and he has over the course of a lifetime. Very important. Over the course of a lifetime, he has been consistently conservative. Now, here's part of the disclaimer. I won't litigate the myriad of reasons here, and I won't litigate the issue of my eligibility here either. Been there, done that. I've researched it. I've done that ad nauseum on air on my radio show for hours on end. And if you go to the blog, uh, theninjapastor.com or drseangreener.com, you go to that, there's a link there at the end of for hours on end. It says, listen to the truth here. That links you to the show. You can sign up, do whatever you want. But that link there is specifically where I, I talk about the constitutional issue and all that stuff. So then I go on to say, I respect your decision to believe how you want based on the information you trust. And we can disagree and be friends still, unless you can't. What do I mean by that? Well, you know, folks, I, I've got to tell you something. There, there's people treating each other. Horribly. They're treating each other horribly. Friends. Family. Brother against brother. Father against son. Mother against father. I mean, there's, there's, it's just splitting families, this whole Trump, Cruz. And, it, and it's, it's not the, it's, I've not seen it before. I don't know. I've been pretty involved and I've never seen it like this. So I said, I respect your decision and I meant it. To believe how you want, based on the information you trust, and we can disagree and be friends still, unless you 
can't because I know I can. We can disagree. You start slinging around stupid stuff, calling me names and trying to get in my face and all that stuff, that won't work out well. And we won't be friends because at that point you will have proven yourself, not because you don't agree with me. I don't care about that part. You wouldn't be the first person to agree with me. Good lands. But the important thing to remember here is we can disagree but treat each other civilly. I guess that's the word I would say. Civilly. We, the civility is gone from the discussion. And, you know, the Trump people love to say, well, that's the Cruz people. Come on. I hope by the end of this show you know that's a farce. And the more you repeat that, the stupider, stupider, stupider you group sounds. Now you say, well, you call me stupid. You just, you just contradicted what you said. There's a reason I said that. You'll see in a minute. Second disclaimer, I believe that any of the current candidates the Republicans are offering up are a far sight better than any of the Democrat candidates, including Donald Trump. Frankly, a felonious criminal and an avowed and proud socialist running for president in order to entice the low-information voter into their Santa Claus entitlement and perpetually aggrieved mentality is egregious. And I meant what I said. I said including Donald Trump. Including Donald Trump. The second thing in, I said including Donald Trump. Even though I'm going to teach you a lot of things, truths, documented truths about Donald Trump that I just want you to consider before you go on supporting him. Hey, I can learn something from just about anybody. And I like to think somebody... Most people can learn a little something from me. Well, who's he running against? A felonious criminal. Hillary Rodham Clinton. She's a criminal. She needs to be in jail or worse. You know it. I know it. And yet she has throngs of people voting for her. She's got the LGBT community sewn up. She got some of the black community, but man, oh, Bern, he's making a convincing thing. But this is Bernie Sanders. The guy can't even keep two women off his own stage. Black Lives Matter people jumping up on the stage. Two little women jump up on the stage, and he he runs off. He has no leadership skills whatsoever. This is the entitlement and perpetually aggrieved mentality, and it's egregious. And folks, that's who's running. On the other side, anybody on the right, including Donald Trump, this is my second disclaimer, is a far sight better than any of those. Now, here's the third thing. After my picture of my, my sunset there, you'll hopefully you'll love that. It's a photograph. It's not a picture. Third, there was a time when I would say, the Ameri- and I took a lot of grief for this one, man, if you read the comments, the comments are kind of funny. I don't know how many com- how many comments are on there now. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Let me pull it up here, just for fun. Comments, I think forty some, forty or more. I don't know, a lot. So, but some of the comments, my lands, and some of them I had to delete. Now I normally won't censor, but if you've got a foul mouth on there and you're going to and you're just going to be ignorant and and just spout stupid stuff you know just in an ignorant uh, abusive way newsflash it's my name up on the 
banner there. I don't know if you noticed, but my name is Dr. Sean Greener. They call me the Ninja Pastor, and I won't I won't put up with that. It's silly. It's just silly. But there was a time when I would say the American voter is too smart to fall for this or that. And I don't say that anymore. And I mean it. I'm not saying that just for the article. It's true. I'm telling you, I don't believe the American voter, by and large, is any longer too smart for anything. Now, I'm not saying you. If you're smart and you study and you learn and you say, hey, let me check this before I, I forward it. Let me just check it. Let me educate myself a little bit, a little self-education. Maybe I'll read a book. Maybe I'll, I'll look at something that's not, you know, something we know is obviously from that camp. Let me just research the past outside of that third-party stuff. It is a pitiful and damning indictment of the American public education system and parenting and a big kudo to the left's propaganda machine. And, I, and, and look, I know lots of public school teachers at, at all levels. And the ones I know, almost all of them are super conservative, and it's driving them crazy, and they just want to get out of teaching. They don't want any part of being a teacher anymore. But you know what? They have house payments. They have car payments. They have kids in school and kids in college, and they have to pay for things. So they stay with it. They do the best they can. I wrote a book called Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America. A lot of people think by that title, they think it's only about church, but it's not. It's as much about, well, let me just tell you. It's the conversation of the church, the body of Christ, was supposed to influence society, secular society, for Christ. We were supposed to be the influence upon them that was beneficial. But you know what happened? We softened, we got weak, and we allowed the world, air quotes, the world, to influence us and and water down everything we do. Well, I talk about how did this happen? How how are how is America mediocre now? Cuz we've got to stop saying America's the greatest country in the world. No, we're not anymore. We're not in, 7 years of Barack Hussein Obama, we are not anymore the greatest country in the world. But you know what? We have some of the best people in the world. But you know what else we have? We have a bevy millions and millions of flaming idiots. That's what we have, an awful lot of them. And you know what? we got to get smarter as a group. Because it is a pitiful and damning indictment of the American public education system, and frankly, parenting. And I give a kudo to the left's propaganda machine. Their Alinsky tactics, Saul Alinsky, worked flawlessly. And you know what else? They were patient. You know who else is patient? Islam. ISIS. Illegal aliens, drug dealers, coming across our borders every single day by the thousands. There's a picture there I can't take credit for. Uh, It is attributed when you click on it. Islam will dominate the world. Freedom can go to hell. That's what all these Muslims are screaming and yelling and holding up these signs. Say, Sharia, the true solution. Freedom go to hell. Islam will dominate the world. Islam will conquer the world. That's reality, folks. That's reality. Stop being so soft. We've got to get firm on some things. 
We got to get resolved. We got to we got to decide. We got to resolve, and we got to stand. We got to stop with all this weakness. We got to stop with all this crying and and screaming stuff that's just simply not true. So here's my fourth disclaimer. Fourth, we must all acknowledge that we are on the precipice of national collapse, folks. I'm here to tell you. I, I, and I wrote this, and I was thinking to myself, you know, people are going to read that and go, oh, come on, come on. I still take my kid to ball. Uh, we got baseball starting up. I got I got my kid. I'm going to ball. And uh, we're going over there. We just finished basketball up. You know, the girls' basketball did really great. And we're, we're in states, and everything's great. It's great. No, he's wrong. Uh, national collapse. Are you kidding me? We just went to the store the other day, went to the restaurant. The restaurant was full. Everybody's great. Everybody's making money. It's wonderful. No, he's no, he's wrong about that. Precipice of national collapse. This guy is smoking weed. No, I'm not smoking weed. Why? Many don't notice. Many of the people out there don't notice. We're being entertained into oblivion. Just like the Romans. If only the few acknowledge our true state in this day and age, we are well and truly finished. Look, if we don't do it, if we we're in deep trouble, Jerry. We're running out of people who want to hire other people. And listen, Jerry's right about this in chat. Chat is awesome. If you've never joined chat, you've got a bunch of really great people over there. I'm telling you, folks, when people don't want to hire other people, they say it's not worth it. That's when it all comes crashing down. Guess what? Something people fail to tell you is 80% of the jobs in this country are small business owners creating and maintaining and sustaining those jobs. And if we don't get that, if we don't get that we're just like the Romans right now, whoo, we are well and truly finished. The only thing left for us to do is but for the bleeding and dying. Folks, that's reality. That's flat out, straight up reality. And all that to say this, I say in my my article here, to my Trump fans. I don't call you pejorative. I don't I don't make up some dumb name for you. I don't know what all the names are. I don't do that. I'm not trying to make fun of you. Look, you believe what you believe. I'm going to refute it, and I'm going to do so vigorously, but I'm going to use facts that are undeniable. They're undeniable facts. Look, you can argue with them. You can say, and the first thing people say to me is, oh, boy, you know, once you start hitting with all these facts and they are confronted with it, what do they say? Well, Cruz is ineligible. Cruz is ineligible. I said at the beginning, what is the first first disclaimer? Look, I'm not going to litigate that here. Believe what you want to believe. I've researched it. I feel like I understand why you would say that. I get that. But I'm telling you right now, I think that guy's that guy is our best hope. I'm not going to go back to that point, but the bottom line is the bleeding and dying. And I call my Trump fans, many of whom are very intelligent, well-read, hard-working patriots. Listen, there are people who've been guests on this show who you could never doubt their street cred as a conservative patriot. You couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. I'm telling you, you follow them around, you're not going to keep up with their legs running around doing stuff, real stuff fighting hard. We're talking very intelligent, very well-read, and very hard-working patriots, and they don't let down. Listen, you let down when it comes time for the president, the presidential election, but they, they follow all the elections. 
they've got them memorized. They're, they're, they know all the, all the way down to the smallest offices. Because you know what? Little things don't mean a lot. They mean everything. So I say this to my Trump fans, the well, well-read, intelligent, hardworking patriots. You're following a guy who by audio and visual evidence. In other words, we have it on audio and visual. We have it on tape. Nothing's on tape. I don't know why we say on tape. You're on tape saying, who, who uses tape anymore? Reams and miles of it. And look, it's it's no look, it's no. By no means is this a conservative. Donald Trump, you can't possibly look at him and say he's a conservative. Now, what he's done is he's been slinging this lingo here lately, the conservative lingo, but he's never lived it. He's never lived it. Mountains of evidence stand before you to plainly and clearly identify Donald Trump as a liberal capitalist who is a master of television sound bites and moving huge crowds of otherwise intelligent people to ignore what is painfully obvious, and this is the thing that's painfully obvious. Donald Trump has never represented the conservative values he espouses so vigorously now. And outside of being very wealthy, he has never been what he says he is now. And I don't begrudge his tremendous success in acquiring great wealth. But you know what? Being super rich doesn't qualify for you for the most powerful job in the land at our most perilous time in history. Welcome to Dave. Welcome to chat, Dave. One of my one of my oldest friends right there. What a great guy. Great, great guy. Thank you for joining us. I know you're a super busy guy. For you to take the time to join us, we really appreciate it. You guys, this is this smart dude just joined us up here over in chat. I don't begrudge Donald Trump's great wealth. Now, some of it is in dispute as what and we'll get to that in a second. But you telling me, well, I'm the best because I'm rich. Well, that's weak. Sound bite to sound bite, Donald Trump is masterfully moving the masses to follow him with an almost messianic fervor. I mean, it's almost messianic. There's a total and utter lack of any provable substance to what he now says. There's no evidence that he didn't just recently acquire these conservative principles in order to add President of the United States to his already impressive resume of, in his estimation, Best in the world. Hey, I'm the best real estate magnet in the world. I'm the best real estate builder in the world. I'm the best real estate developer in the world. I'm the best ever land developer in the world. I'm the best casino owner, builder, developer in the universe. I'm the most opulent resort in the galaxy owner. The most, I'm the best television personality since television was invented. Donald Trump is the best at doing what he does, no doubt about it. The question is, what is it that he does? Americans and people around the world, by the way, I want to welcome our audience. I just saw uh, logged in Germany. We have a contingency from Germany and France and Switzerland. We have some people in Belgium. We have some people in Spain now. We have some folks in Hawaii. And we also have some people in the sandbox, uh, some military folks. And we appreciate you joining us. Thank you for the messages that I can't repeat over the air every time they try to trick me. They started off by real clean, and then they make it dirty. You know how they are. Go Navy, beat Army. 
I just egg him on, you know, when I do that. So Donald Trump, he's the best at what he does. No doubt about it. But we're talking about running for the most powerful position in the world at the most critical time ever, and character ought to count unless it no longer does. Hey, look, you know, I can say character counts unless you say, and everybody else in the room says, character doesn't count. Now, am I going to believe character doesn't count? No. No. Character is always going to count to me. But I've got a newsflash for you folks. If everybody else in the room but me says character counts, guess what? I'm not winning that fight. I'm going to keep doing what I'm going to do, but I'm not winning that fight. Let me give you a quick example. This 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 is not in the uh this is not in the um the blog here, but it's something that moved me and it's a story that I that I know is true and uh and so I I did want to share it just off the top. Uh there you know, they just ISIS kills Islam, I should say Islam. They kill they kill so many people. You think they're only killing people that end up on a video uh, that make it to the mainstream media that it's talked about, but they won't show it because, well, of course, that we're not going to, we're above that. We're above that. There's so much more killing that they do that you never see. Well, this guy, this guy's actually from Chad. He's, he's, he's from the Republic of Chad. And all of these Christians, these Coptics, get caught by Islam, these Islam dudes, And he gets caught. You know what? He wasn't a Christian. He wasn't a Coptic Christian. But he spends time, you know, locked down with these guys. And all, then they put him in their orange jumpsuits and they drag him out. They're going to do this video, this high production value video with the music and all this stuff. And they get him on their knees and, and they say to him, you know, do, do you reject God? Do you reject Jesus? Do you, uh, do you uh, worship Allah? Do you serve Allah? And one by one, they say no. No, there's but one God, Jesus. And they cut their throat, and then they cut their head off. They cut their head off while they're alive, folks. I don't know if you've seen an actual beheading, but I've seen one from real close. And I can tell you it's gruesome, it's awful, and it sounds worse when you hear it than even seeing it. It's the most gruesome, barbaric, awful thing. And you know who does it? Muslims. Muslims. That's who does it. Let us let us not make it like it's some just big wide group of people that are doing these beheadings. They're cutting that are sawing people's heads off. Let's not pretend that that's what's going on here. It's not just a bunch of people. It's Muslims. It's Islam. My show last Friday, uh, last week I did, I forgot to mention this, last Friday I did a special show with Bill Federer, historian and uh, just phenomenal. If you guys didn't hear that show on Friday, many of you didn't know I was going to do one. I I did the best I could to market it and get it out there, but I apologize in advance. Um, I you know I'm learning this whole marketing thing, and up um, oh, we're over three thousand now on the uh, on that blog that have clicked on it and shared it. 
So thank you very much. Keep it going. Uh, but I did that show, and that's a show, if you go back and you listen, if you go to the blog and you go down a little bit, you'll see where I mentioned Bill Federer. Right at the bottom of that or somewhere in there, there's a hyperlink, and you just click on that, and you can listen to the show. It's free. It doesn't cost you a thing. It was phenomenal. I'm telling you. I just basically, I just basically rolled the ball to him, and he knocked it out of the park. I mean, absolutely astounding, this guy. Bill Federer. Poof. So this guy, they work their way down, and they're sawing the heads off of living human beings. Sawing the heads off. Do you reject Jesus Christ, and do you convert to Islam? There is but one God. And they get their heads sawed. Just sawed right off while they're alive. You know, this kills me. People say, um, stupid people say, well, you know, they must have, they're so calm when they do this. I mean, they just go and they kneel and, you know, and, and they're right next to them and they're so calm. Do they, they must drug them or something. Maybe they give them painkillers so they don't feel it. There's nothing worse than being stupid, I guess. Well, maybe there is something worse than being stupid, being stupid and naive intentionally uninformed. Folks, these are all evil, awful people. So they go down the line, they're cutting, they get to the next to the last guy, and this this Chadian guy who is not a Christian. He's not a Christian. But they stand over him with the knife at his throat and they say, do you reject Jesus Christ and do you now convert to Islam. And he turns his head up to the guy with the knife to his throat and he says, Their God is my God. Like the thief on the cross, the penitent thief on the cross places his faith in Christ right as he's dying. This guy, if he'd have said that, he'd have, he could have just said, Hey, look, I'm from Chad, man. I'm not with these dudes. I just happen to be in the group. I'm not into this Jesus business. I don't know anything about it. Yeah, sure, I'll su- I'll support. What's his name again? Muhammad? Islam? Yeah. Yeah, you know why? Because I like my head attached to my neck. He could have done that, but he looks, he looks down the row of these severed heads. Blood squirting everywhere. I mean, it's, just, it's, it's a sea of blood. Some of these people aren't all the way dead. And he says, their God is my God. And they commence to cutting the man's head off. Character. Ought to count. Unless it no longer does. <laughs> there are reams of evidence to prove to an open mind and observer of evidence. Not, not conjecture, not you know, subjective things. I'm talking about evidence that Donald Trump is of poor character. Am I saying that he's not done anything good in his life? No. I'm not saying that at all. Am I throwing the baby out with the bathwater? No. I'm not saying that at all. No, I'm not. And you'll see why in a minute. But there are reams of evidence that he has poor character. Look, Trump proudly boasts of cheating on his current wife with his next wife, who is, of course, more beautiful you know, of course she's more beautiful. Well, why would he? Why would he marry? 
somebody less beautiful. And oh, by the way, could he marry an American? Could he just please marry a person with an American citizenship? Could he marry? I mean, could he? You know, two of his kids have dual citizenship. Do we not have any beautiful, you know, he married Marla and, and he dispatched her. She was American. She didn't last that long. But he he's proudly boasts about that. Each one's more, and you know what else he's bragging about? Forgiveness. Repentance. I don't need forgiveness. I haven't done anything wrong. I don't need God to forgive me. Why would I need that? Character matters. Character matters. Unless it doesn't. Let me say this, though. I agree with some of what Donald Trump says. Now, I said says, not does, says. We don't know if he agrees with what he says or not. And that's when it becomes does. When you do it, that's when it becomes does. But I do agree with some of what Donald Trump says. Should we build a wall? Sure. Sure. The whole southern border... Build that sucker as high as you can get it. Build it thick. Build it tough. Build it high and guard it with returning combat soldiers. There's a thought. And you know what else? Give them lots of ammunition. You come into this country legally or you leave horizontally. Oh, Dr. Sean, that's so mean. Do what you're going to do. And take the consequences for it. But you know what? We've made it. We've made this a free. And and I I want to ask you a quick something. Whose money do you think they're giving these illegals that come in here? Your money. I'll talk more about that in a second. Look, I am I am a big fan of sovereign borders. I am, and I agree with Donald Trump. Sovereign borders matter unless they don't, folks. We either have a country or we don't. What makes a country? Borders. It's sovereignty. And if you don't have that, you don't have a country. He also says, should we make Mexico pay for the wall? I agree with him. We should make them do that. I'd love that. But come on, you and I both know that's not going to happen. Trump or no Trump, it's never going to happen. Mexico needs us financially far more than we need Mexico. They'll lead you to believe that, hey, without our labor, you're, you're going to have no tomatoes. You're not going to have anybody do your garden. Yeah, there you go, minefields. My good buddy Steve. You don't even need a wall, just a good minefield. Oh, that's so barbaric. Yeah, you haven't seen barbaric. Watch some videos. You don't think ISIS, you don't think Islam is using the, the southern border of our, or lack thereof, as an entry point to this United States? Study up. Thousands of Qurans are found there every single month. Don't be stupid. There's nothing worse than being stupid. Should we round up? Now, he, he walked this way back. Should we round up 12 to 15 million illegal, illegal aliens? Yep. Why not? Why is that impossible? Look, if that's impossible and if that's not who we are in America... 
then how can you possibly not understand that this refugee crisis is nothing more than Islam bringing Islamic jihad on our own dime? We're paying them to do it. And, and let me just say, that's not who we are in America. I, I'm going to lose my lunch if I hear one more liberal or one more flaky, weak, mealy-mouthed, pablum conservative, alleged conservative, say that that's not who we are in America. Let me tell you what, when Barack Hussein Obama says that, you know what? He's not who we are in America because he's not America. He grew up overseas in a privileged life, being raised by communists and Muslims. He was, he was educated in his formative years. In his formative years as a Muslim. And I mean a serious Muslim. His whole life has been all about running down America. Undoing America. We're going to fundamentally transform America. You know what? My buddy Dave, I told you he was smart. In BHO's own words, yes, we can. We can round up 12 million illegals. You know, when we say we can't round them up, when we can't do, oh, that's not, we can't do that, separating families. That's not right. When we have standards here. You know what our standard is? You know what our standard ought to be? Hey, guess what? Guess what? Our standard is you do it the right way. You come in legally. Well, that takes so long. <laughs> what do you say to all those people, those tens of thousands of people who have done every step they're supposed to do? They've taken the classes. They've studied the Constitution. They've studied the Bill of Rights, the Declaration of Independence. They've studied all of these things. They've done all the classes, done all the things. They've taught themselves English, and they're waiting. Why do they have to wait? Because there's millions that cross the border illegally every day, and they get money. We're at a time now in our country. It takes tough and truthful leaders to provide for the national defense and for the sovereignty of our nation. And it absolutely is time that we American people stop whining about how heartless it is to round up interlopers who they knew. They knew they were breaking the law. It's not a surprise. They're not like, should we go over there? Uh, I don't know what you think. Well, I no see no sign that says turn around. It's against the law. You might be shot. I don't see this sign, so I'm going to go ahead because I don't think it's illegal. Do you think they don't know it's illegal? They don't care that it's illegal. They laugh at you. You say, well, they're really poor people. They're just looking for a better life for their family. Do it in their own country or come here legally. We can't feed our veterans, 22 to 32 veterans, every single day, kill themselves. We can't take care of the ones we got. We have homeless veterans, combat veterans. Well, how much does this cost us to let all these people come over? Just walk right in, whatever. You know, we'll take great care of you. $47,000 per year. That's the estimated amount of money you folks, American taxpayers, that's how much you're robbed of to pay for each illegal alien and refugee. Forty. $7,000 per year for each one. In the words of Donald Trump, I agree with him. Either we have a country or we don't.
Either we have a country or we don't. According to Ralph Waldo Emerson, you know, he, he died in 1882. It was 18, 1803 to 1802. He's an American writer and philosopher. The true test of civilization is not the census, nor the size of cities, nor the crops. No, but the kind of man the country turns out. Our people are slow to learn the wisdom of sending character instead of talent to Washington. Amen. One of my great listeners just sent that. Phenomenal. $47,000 per year, and it's your money. On that, I agree with Donald Trump. This should stop now. But it won't. Why? It won't because we lack collective resolve. Donald Trump says a lot. You know, I'm a veteran, so this is near and dear to my heart. Donald Trump says a lot that he's going to make our country, he's going to make our military great again. That's what he says. Donald Trump says that he's going to support the troops and veterans like never before. I ask you this, never before what? Never before when? He has never been overtly or financially pro-military in his entire public life, save a couple of things. A couple of things. He supported the... um, This is not in the blog, by the way, but you can bookmark it in your mind. He supported the Veterans Day, the New York City Veterans Day parade. They didn't have enough money. The city wouldn't put money into it. So he he bankrolled it. million dollars. I have to say, that's awesome. Save that and another thing. And I'll I'll give you you one more example. But saying you are this or that to people who really want to hear it, that doesn't make you authentically this or that. What has Trump done specifically that is pro-military? In his defense, like I said, New York City, oh, it is in the blog. And, And I did put that in there. I'm smarter than I think. He did support the New York City Veterans Day Parade. And I'm and I'm proud of that. Hey, that's awesome he did that. But what has he done to indicate that he'll be pro national defense? Nothing. But don't and, and look, 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 look. You're tempted to you're tempted to tell me all about uh he did the fundraiser. Remember when it, he said if Megan Kelly by the way is his close friend, something you should know. They're very close friends. He is boosting her career like you can't believe, and she is boosting his ratings. Quid pro quo. Don't offer me up this fundraiser he did. Remember the debate where he said, well, if she's there, then I'm not going to do it. So he didn't. He didn't because Fox said, what are you kidding me? We don't, you don't tell us who's going to be. I mean, come on. You tell me how tough he's going to be on people because he was afraid of questions he was going to get asked and how he's going to get ganged up on. He says, I'm not going to join up on that. Now, do I think he should go into that situation knowing that they're going to be uh, purposely ignorant to him? No, I don't. But you know what else, too? You know what I look here? Here is oh, let me go back to this, Steve. You've said this, Steve, in chat. I'm telling you, chat is awesome. We have smart, smart people in chat. Declare crossing the borders as an act of war. Shoot to kill. Leave the bodies as a message. Now, see, he's talking what I like. They keep coming because the worst we do is feed and shelter them for a couple of days and ship them back home the next day. That's a fact, folks. That's a fact. 
I'll tell you what, you try being a rancher. You don't think this is important? You try being a rancher on the Texas-Mexico border because it's almost all ranchers. You try being a rancher, folks. It's a nightmare. And God forbid you, you shoot one of them. Why would you shoot them? Because they're raping your five-year-old, because they're uh, robbing your house, because they're killing your livestock. That's why. I'm going to ask you. You understand that when he did all this hullabaloo over, well, if Megyn Kelly's there, uh, I'm I'm not going to, I'm we're not I'm not going to participate in the debate. I'll just do a veterans fundraiser. Listen, folks, he got huge ratings and press coverage for it. Look, there's no doubt. We're not going to argue here about whether he's the master manipulator, because I'm going to tell you right now, ratings climb whenever he is on any show. The show teases, uh, up this hour we're going to have Donald Trump about so-and-so, Trump on Trump. The American press, you need to understand this, is about ratings, viewer numbers, listeners, clicks, and subscribers. They're no longer about the truth. They are no longer about the truth. Noted historian Bill Federer, I love this analogy that he uses. Uh, when he talks about stocks, the, when you know, somebody says, somebody says, hey, you know, I got this great stock. What do you do? You look at the history. You look at the track record over a one to 20 year history. You take a look at the history of Donald Trump. And at the end of the show today, I'm going to give you a link to a video that has been totally fact-checked. I've put people on this today, the best in the business. They've totally fact-checked everything in the video, and it's totally true. (laughs) I'm telling you, people, you're missing something when you're not in chat. Border Patrol, my buddy Jerry says, Border Patrol has been told to stand down. ICE uh, has been uh, called, they've called off all deportations. And then my buddy Steve says, just ask them to take a number, 223 Five five six three zero eight. Those are those are rounds, you, uh, bullet rounds. Now rifle rounds. You say that's horrible. Oh my, that's goodness. Wait till they're raping your kid. You say, well, that's a very small percentage. Well, you're a sucker. You're a sucker because you know what? People that are high caliber people stay in their country and make their country better. That's the theory that we have in our country, right? Americans. Well, you stay here and you try to make it better. You don't run off every time something happens you don't like. You try to make it better. You get in the fight. You do what matters. And you say, hey, this is my country. My country, tis of thee. Sweet land of liberty. You don't, whoa, they did something I don't like. I'm leaving out of here. I'm getting on out of here. So you look at the track record over the 1 to 20 year history. And you take a look at the history of Donald Trump. I'm telling you, you look at that video. I'm t- it's hilarious, too, by the way. It is hilarious, this guy. While past performance is no guarantee of future results, we know the reality of it is what you do in the past is a good indicator of what you will do in the future. What you stood for in the past is likely what you'll stand for in the future. And Donald Trump, he gave a lot of money. A lot. Of, he loves to brag about this. I give a lot of money. I give a lot of money. A lot of money to all kinds of politicians. You hear my you hear my dog right there? She's scary. She's scary. She's protecting me. A dog had the nerve to walk. Sorry, buddy. You're nice. You're not going to hurt nobody. Yeah. Um, 
dog had the nerve to walk walk by my studio. You know, hey, I gotta have a guard. You know, you never know what could happen. Anyway, Donald Trump brags about all the money he gives to ridiculously liberal politicians and organizations, including, including the Clinton Foundation and Planned Parenthood, knowing what they do. Now, let me tell you something. The Clinton Foundation, they're, they're in bed with the Saudis and the Wahhabists and, and Islam and Iran all over the world. They're, they're in bed with the worst people. They're horrible, horrible. And Donald Trump gave a lot of money to the Clinton Foundation. And he gave a lot of money to Planned Parenthood. And I'm talking to you a lot of money. And he sung the praises of Planned Parenthood. And he knows what they do. They cut babies up and sell the parts. And you know what? They don't anesthetize the babies. Because that messes up the parts. Come on. Come on, Christians. Come on, Christians. How in the world can you be who you say you are and stand for what you say you stand for and then abdicate on the subject of innocent human life? Folks, Donald Trump is a huge supporter of Planned Parenthood. He puts his money where his mouth is. You know what Planned Parenthood does. You can't claim you don't know anymore. You can't claim you don't know anymore what they do. We have it on video. Look, Bill Clinton, you know, you can look at him and say, man, he's a scumbag. You can look at Hillary Rodham Clinton and say, yeah, she just wants to be the first woman president. She didn't really care. She was a terrible Terrible Secretary of State, worst ever Secretary of State, absolutely horrible. Responsible for many, many lost lives. Personally, directly responsible. She's responsible for mis mishandling purposely and intentionally national secrets, above top secret. I'm just going to tell you what the penalty of that is. Would you like to know? That penalty is death. When you divulge or do not properly protect top secret and above guess what happens you get put to death because you've committed treason and she did that a lot and she lied and she lied and she lied and she lied she did what she did to avoid detection well Donald Trump says look I gave that money and all those people for business reasons business expediency and normally, look, normally conservative voters, under normal circumstances, you'd never accept that explanation, but now you blindly accept it. You would never before accept that explanation, but now, hey, you know, he's just doing business. He's just doing business. The man's a businessman. Very successful, Donald Trump. Synonymous with the super rich. Why do you not make the connection that if he does something for business or financial expediency, then he will most likely do it also for political expediency when he is in the power to do so? Welcome to Anya Bellis of Southern, uh, Southern Sense Talk Radio. Awesome, awesome show. I was privileged to be a guest on there. It's really, really cool. Look, 
the Trump and Trump followers claim is this. I don't owe anybody. I'm not beholden to any special interest, and I am self-funding this entire campaign, and I don't stand to gain anything for running for president. America, take your blinders off. Presidential candidates, no matter how many votes they do or do not get, they can always, don't kid yourself now, they can always, once they run for president, no matter how long they do it, they can put behind their name the qualifier and moniker presidential candidate forever after. And let me tell you something, that means big money in speeches and endorsements. Now you might say, well, Donald Trump is a billionaire. Well, I'm not so sure about that, but let's just see. Why would, and they say, why would he need money from that? He's a billionaire. Ladies and gentlemen, do you know any wealthy people? How do you think people become wealthy? Why would Donald Trump license his name to organizations that he has little control over? We'll talk more about the different ones, such as Trump University or his clothing line. Why would he do it? Because he gets paid. He makes money. You don't get to be a billionaire if, in fact, that's what he is without getting paid. You make money. For Pete's sake, folks, money matters to billionaires more, too. And I would say it even matters more. And I have no problem. Don't get it twisted. I have no problem with capitalism. I'm totally into that. But in the process, look, let's not abandon reason for the sake of our anger. We're all mad. We're all mad. Of course we're angry. But we can't be crazy and angry. There's nothing worse. Except if you're stupid. The notion that Donald Trump doesn't owe anyone anything. I hear this all the time. It, it's just plain stupid, folks. He owes millions, hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to many, many banks all over the world. And you know what? That would that should be expected of a wealthy businessman, wouldn't it? He's a developer. You know, he puts his he leverages things. He's highly leveraged. That's hey, look, that's what you want. That's that's how it is. That's that's how business happens. But despite his claims of being a billionaire and all of his lofty explanations as to why this makes him the better man for the job, the claim he doesn't owe anyone anything flies in the face of the easily documentable facts. Folks, you've got to understand, this is easy to document. The video, when you go over to the to the blog post, to my good friends that support Donald Trump for president at drshawngreener.com, go to the blog section, zenninjapastor.com, go to the blog section, go down to that, should be the first one. Boom, you can be part of the over 3,000 people who've clicked on it and shared it. I'd be privileged if you'd do that. There's all kinds of links and cool stuff in there. It's really neat. And I don't get paid every time you click on it. I just want to get the word out. Look, the notion that Donald Trump doesn't know anybody anything is stupid. It's stupid. Let me let me address this. I addressed this in the in the uh in the blog in the uh article. There's nothing precluding Donald Trump. He said this debate the other night. Uh well, you know, I'm under audit for like the twelfth time. And um you know, I I would. I would release them. As soon as they're finished abusing me, the IRS abusing me, uh, I would. But I can't because it's an ongoing audit. I I I I can't. You know what? There's nothing precluding him releasing his financials despite the ongoing it doesn't the IRS audit doesn't have any bearing on it. The only thing precluding that is his own wishes. Look, I'm not going to say that he hasn't been very successful. He has been way more successful financially than me. Does that make him well-suited for president of the United States of America? No. 
No, it doesn't. And then you might say the folks that follow him and the folks that are on the fence of following him, but look at the huge crowds that follow him. America must want Donald Trump as president. Really? Really? As my dear friend says, seriously? Seriously? Look at Hussein Obama's crowds from 2008 and to a lesser degree 2012. Look at those crowds. Thousands of people. He was packing them in. That's a liberal version of what we have now. Look, Donald Trump, make no mistake, is a television star and an internationally known personality. And look, folks, that's always going to draw big crowds. It's always going to draw big crowds. Listen, uh, you pick a, a country music star, we'll pick a liberal one. What's that guy's name? He used to run around, jump off. He did great concerts, but he's super, super. Uh, Garth Brooks, super liberal. Just ultra dumb and liberal. But puts on a great concert, no doubt about it. Hey, look, they're, they're going to make you pay 35 to $135 per ticket to go see Garth Brooks. And you know what? He could do 200 dates a year all around the country, and guess what he's going to do? He's going to pack out the stadiums. He is going to pack out the stadiums. Why? Because he's a big star. He's a big star, puts on a great show, and so you're going to be in there. Oh, let's go. Let's pay this money. Let's do it. Only one problem with that. So is Donald Trump. He's a big television star. He's internationally known. No doubt about that. He is always going to draw big crowds. You cannot equate the big crowd to truthfulness. Look, we all want to make America great again. He says that all the time. We'll make America great again. Hey, Raven O'Reilly in uh, Cleveland, Ohio area, she puts on a better show, and you don't want to pay all that. I've heard her personally. She's awesome. Raven O'Reilly. Look her up. Phenomenal singer. And a darn good person. We all want to make America great again. No doubt. No doubt. We could use Donald Trump's obvious business-minded and no-bull no skill set to help America. But as president, no. As a conservative, you must answer no to that question. Because Trump, by his own widely available history, is no more conservative than Hillary Clinton. And the fact of the matter is, tough guy or not, all Hillary Clinton needs to do, if it's down to Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton, is point out what kind of great friends they are. Point out the public record. Put it up on the big screen. Hey, this is... Why? You should be running on the Democrat ticket. How about I hire you for vice president? How about you be my secretary of commerce? Us being such good friends and all. And then I, I put this in the article. Why did I write this article, you ask? Because I'm sure by now people are reading that going, why did you write this? I'll tell you why, and it's selfish. I'm, I'm going to be honest. I, I'm going to just tell you right now. It's selfish. The reason I did it is selfish, because when it all comes to rest, when the dust settles in November of 2016, I want it in writing that I warned you, just like I warned you about Barack Hussein Obama, I warned you about Donald Trump. And I'm going to tell you this, folks, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I, one of the commenters, if you go to the blog post, drshawngreener.com or the ninjapastor.com, you go there to my good friends who support Donald Trump for president, you'll see the blog article. You go there, you'll see the comments. I want you to read the comments. Leave a comment, too. Don't just go there and read it. Leave a comment. It's fun. When you go there, you'll see a guy calls me 
liberal and establishment. And I say, man, you've never read my book. You've never read anything I wrote except for this. And I'm not positive you've read the whole article. And you've certainly never listened to my show because that's funny. I, I dislike establishment politicians as much or more than you do. The reality is, this is the reality. Don Donald Trump, he is as establishment as many of the professional politicians in the race. And let me just address that. To summarily dispatch a candidate because they've been for a period of time, however long, a politician, it's to throw out the baby with the bathwater. <coughs> Excuse me. Look, we all want someone, oh, that elusive someone, to jump into the fray and fix things. But when they do, as soon as they jump, in, jump into the world of politics, we decry them. Oh, they're establishment, and we reject them out of hand. This is silly and it's dangerous, especially when we never volunteer to walk into the fiery furnace to be that someone. No matter, hear me on this, no matter who gets the Republican nomination, I will support them. Because I'm telling you this right here and right now. Will President Barack Hussein Obama, was he better than George Bush? Are you out of your mind? Are you out of your mind? Will President Donald Trump be better than Hillary or Bernie or Barack Hussein Obama? That question's tantamount to the choice of, would you like me to break your arm or your leg? Look, I'm giving you a great choice here. Look, if Donald Trump is the nominee, he'll have my vote. Why? Because to not vote Republican this time seals our fate. We are done. Now, for those of you who uh, you'll finish this article and you'll have the proud claim and you'll probably put it in the comments section that this is why you're going to vote third party or you're staying home. I'm not voting the lesser of two evils this time. No, no. Look, I'm going to answer that proud claim with this. Instead of abdicating your citizenship, get involved by changing the Republican Party from the inside out. And you know what you can do? You go to centerforselfgovernance.com. The link is right there. If you go to the blog, you click on that. It doesn't cost you anything to do it. They don't track you. They don't hunt you down. But I'm at level four in that. You'll see what the different levels are. There's five levels. I'm at level four, about to enter level five. I'm telling you, it's the most phenomenal training I think I've ever had in my life. If you want to learn how to talk to minorities and deal with them one-on-one -on -one without there being a big fight between you, diversityengagement.com, K. Carl Smith, phenomenal, Frederick Douglass Republicans. If you want to learn to change the process from the inside out the right way, you go to centerforselfgovernance.com. I'm telling you right now, it'll change your life. Change mine. Finally, I, I, I want to talk to Christians. I am talking exclusively to you now. If you self-identify as Christian, I'm talking to you right now. Donald Trump, at the end of the CNN debate, at the end, in the spin room, no less, he told Chris Cuomo of CNN, he said, he thinks maybe he's enduring, because Chris Cuomo said, well, why do you think you're being audited? He says he thinks it's his 12th consecutive audit. He said, why do you think you're being audited? He said, well, Chris, maybe I'm getting audited again because I'm such a strong Christian. I don't know. That could be it. Because I'm such a strong Christian. I mean, he's in South Carolina. He's winning the Christian vote. Because I'm, because I'm such a strong Christian. 
Let me think that. Let me let that sink in. If you, as a discerning Christian, believe that statement, then you're no better than those who refuse to reflect on the last seven years. Smarten up, folks. You got to smarten up. The left has been highly successful in dividing and conquering the right over and over and over and over and over. And now we just do it for them. We do. We do it for them. I'll tell you what, though. It's time we stopped helping the left because I am going to share this with you. This is the truth, and you better accept it now. Islam is on the march. And they will not stop until they take the blade to your neck and take over and destroy America. You say, oh, no, they won't. There's there's gun owners everywhere in America. Let me tell you, they're working real hard to take guns away. They're working real hard to take guns away. You better be vigilant. And let me just tell you this. He can say he's pro-Second Amendment all he wants. Donald Trump has supported almost every weapons ban that's come up since he's been a prominent businessman. Almost every single one. Fact check it. Go look it up. There's there's a link there at the end. No matter, look, this video, I'm telling you right now, I I encourage you to do it. First of all, it's going to make you laugh. This guy's amazing in this video. But there's a phenomenal video. If you go to the blog, drshawngreener.com, go to the blog section, go down to my good friends who support Donald Trump as president, go down. You'll find hyperlinks here. Just click on that. Donald Trump fact checked. It is, in addition to being hilarious, I've 100% checked it. Everything he says is 100% true. Checked it with multiple sources. have my people checking it. Let me just tell you. And on that video, you're going to learn some things. I'm going to just tell you one of the things, a couple of things. Why not a few of things? Since 1988, you better take this in. Since 1988, the candidate with the most states heading into Super Tuesday, which is coming up, becomes the nominee. Let me say that again. Since 1988, the candidate with the most states, won the most states, heading into Super Tuesday, becomes the nominee. Since 1988. Wow. Starting to look a little inevitable, isn't it? Starting to look as though maybe it's been harmless. Up to, up till now, you know, the Donald Trump thing's been harmless. I mean, he's, hey, I said it myself. Hey, he's bringing the light and uh, illegal immigration. Nobody else was talking about it. I'm glad he's in it. He's bringing the light things. He doesn't care. He's saying, hey, man, somebody's got to talk about this. And he did. Got to love that. I said it, too. But it's starting to look as though, to the surprise of everyone, Donald Trump's going to be our candidate, unless we change something. And I'll tell you why, because this becomes troubling, because as one watches that video, and the link is on the, the website, it's right there on the floor, it's very easy to do, drshawngreener.com or the ninjapastor.com, go to the blog section, it's right there, to my good friends who support Donald Trump for president, go down there, read through it, comment it, click on the links, it'll be fun. And it, it points us out. I I have to tell you, when you watch this video, you're going to realize that you're going to see a narcissistic sociopath who his mental illness dwarfs that of Barack Obama, the most sociopathic president of all time. You look at a tweet he did on 9-11. Folks, 9-11. 
Now, he's a New Yorker. He's born and bred. You, can, you can't say that this, this bypassed him or that he lived in a different area of the country or he was out of the country. He was in New York when 9-11 happened. He is through and through a New Yorker. And what's he tweet out on 9-11 on Twitter? Happy 9-11 anniversary to all you haters and losers. Well, you've got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me. On 9-11, the anniversary of 9-11, he tweets out, Happy anniversary to all you haters and losers. You've got to be kidding me, but it's true. And they'll show you in the video. You find the link on my blog. Go in there, theninjapastor.com, drstrongreader.com. Go over to the blogs right there. Folks, folks, man, you can't deny the reality of this. You can't deny the reality of this. By the way, uh, folks, if you send me a link, um, you have to tell me what the link is because I don't... um, I don't click on any link that I don't know. If Unless it's somebody I really know well, I don't click on any links. Lots of bad stuff people send in links. You don't even know it. So just, you know, always let me know what the link is that you're sending. I appreciate it. I love all kinds of information coming from all kinds of places. Happy 9-11 anniversary to all you haters and losers. Donald Trump tweeted that out on 9-11. You say, man, tells it like it is. That's why I'm with him. I'm with I'm with Donald Trump because he tells it like it is. And I love that. I love that. He tells it like it is, does he? Does he tell it like it is? Put a fact, they rate both sides. They rate his public statements as 76% false. Seventy-six percent of what he says is fact. Look, tells it like it is. Seventy-six percent. The constant lying when the truth is demonstrably obvious. Lies said with utter and complete confidence. He lies with absolute confidence. No problem. And you say, well, on such and such a date, you tweeted this out. No, I didn't. I didn't do that. You're wrong. You're dumb. You're stupid. You're ugly. You're this. You're that. You're the other. Well, but Mr. Trump, right here, I'm looking at your tweet. This is your This is your Twitter right here. No, no, it's not mine. I didn't do that. Look, these lies are said with utter and complete confidence, and they don't they're not nothing. They range from the mundane, I guess you'd say the little white lie, to the huge lie. Huge lie. When he was asked to disavow the support, this is just going on right now. When he was asked to disavow the support of the white supremacist David Duke. When he was asked to disavow his support, because what he did, David Duke comes out and says, Look, I'm voting for Donald Trump. Not an official endorsement, but he said, Hey, you ask me who I'm voting for. I'm voting for Donald Trump. He said he didn't know who David Duke was. 
repeatedly. He said, I don't know who David Duke is. Look, I, I don't know who the guy is. I may have met him. I don't know. I mean, a lot of people. But of course he knew who he was. There's evidence to indicate not only did he didn't know who he was, but he met him. Not only do you notice he's spoken about him before. Donald Trump has spoken about David Duke before. Why not just say you'll take whatever votes an American citizen wants to cast? This is a race, not a church. This is a race, not a church. Don't tell an obvious lie. Trump tells it like it is. In international diplomacy with foreign leaders, one cannot simply fly off the handle. I say our most wise and insightful potential leader, Ted Cruz. Like I said at the beginning of the blog, you can say to me all you want. Well, he's ineligible. Well, this is, he says all this, blah, blah, blah. You can say that all you want. This is a guy who flies off the handle. He can't handle Megyn Kelly, a close personal friend. When he knows she's going to hammer him a little bit on national TV, he can't handle that. We, we don't need a guy that flies off the handle. We need a seasoned, wise, insightful leader. Oh, here I can hear you again. Dr. Sean, see, there you go. Experienced and wise leaders afraid to stand up for Americans. That's what's got us to this place where we are now with the deals with Iran and ISIS and dead Americans all over the place. We need somebody who isn't going to take any crap. That's what we need. We need somebody who's not going to take any crap. I like from 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 Donald Trump. He doesn't take any crap. That guy. No, that's what I like. We're tired of them guys. We need some people to fly off the handle. Really, really, dealing with Iran, dealing with Kim Jong Il, who have nuclear. They have it. Dealing dealing with Saudi. And by the way, just so you know, he's good friends. He does a lot of business over in the Saudi region, in the Middle East. Lots and lots of business. I'm not saying be afraid of him. Listen, uh, 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 the first day of Ronald Reagan's tenure, in his first, you know, we'd, we'd had the 444 days, the, the uh, American hostages were kept hostage in Iran. And Jerry Car- uh, Jimmy Carter, feckless, just an absolutely feckless leader. We can all agree on that. Jimmy Carter couldn't do a thing. He made it worse. First day, Ronald Reagan. I know this because one of his primary Secret Service agents told me this personally. He was standing right next to him. He said, President Ronald Reagan got on the phone, called over there, and said, here's the deal. You may think because the past four years, President Jimmy Carter allowed you to get away with what he allowed you to get away with. And you can think that that was negotiation. But here's the deal. You have 24 hours to comply and release our American hostages, or I will bomb you to glass. And you can make the claim that your neighbors are going to be your allies in the Middle East, and that I'll have to bomb them too. We have plenty of bombs, and I'm happy to use them. 
Mark my words. You have 24 hours. If one hair on any of their head is damaged, we will blow Iran off the map. And we will consider our hostages a casualty of war. And then he hung up the phone. That's a leader. That was reality. But Trump doesn't do things like that. He goes off. Why? Because it's television. He's buying into his own marquee. He reads his own marquee and goes, wow, I'd like to, hear, I'd like to see that guy. I'd like to hear that guy. He must be something special. I'm going to go see him. He must be awesome. He must not take any crap. You'll learn in this video. It's on the it's on the link there. Uh, I'd love for you to to go over there. It's drshawngreener.com or the ninjapastor.com. You go over to the blog section. To my good friends who support Donald Trump for president, good analysis. A link there. Listen to this video. Watch the video. It's phenomenal. You'll be glad you did. And send it. Send that link. The Dr. Sean, the the link. You know, right there. Send them to that. Send everybody you know to that so that they can watch it too, especially if they're a Trump fan. Say, look, if you don't want to read what Dr. Sean wrote, fine. Go down. Go all the way down. Click on the link. Watch the video. Just invest the little bit of time that it takes. And then if you still want to vote for the guy, great. The stakes are too high not to educate yourself. Nothing worse than being stupid. Look, Donald Trump believes that, that by being rich... He really believes this. He believes that by being rich, it logically proves that he is everything good. Example would be, hey, I'm super rich, therefore I'm, and you can fill in the blank, honest, smart, successful, capable, competent. <coughs> really, anything good fits in there. Anything. You make it up. And you know what? Because he's super rich, he thinks that's beyond question. Do you understand that he, he says all the time nobody's bought him, that he's, he loaned himself the money through a bank loan that he's used on the campaign so far. And by law, he can then, after the primary, he can pay himself back, tax-free. Or he can write it off as a massive tax loss. But here's the funny thing. He says all the time, I don't take any money from you. Really? You don't take any money? He's got two donate buttons on his website. And he's collected, so far, $7.5 million. Doesn't take anything. I don't know. Now, here's the thing. He, he won't release his tax information. He says because of the audit. But he also says that his net worth changes. And there's video of all this. He says his net worth changes with his emotions. Believe it or not, when he's asked about how much is he worth, he said, my net worth changes with my emotions. First of all, this makes, all of this stuff makes him less rich. So the above becomes suspect. So what kind of PMS type of situation do we have here? Does this make him, in the international arena, that his evaluation of a mathematical fact, what you're worth and what you aren't, is dependent upon his feeling. Are you freaking kidding me? Are you kidding me? Wouldn't you agree this causes one concerns about our economy? Wouldn't you be concerned? Wouldn't you be nervous? 
The common guy also sets his business success and acumen as a fundamental reason to elect him as president. They say, hey, Donald Trump is more successful than me. He must know something, a lot of things that I don't do. He's super successful. There's buildings with Trump on them. I don't have a building with Sean on them. And if he can do for our economy what he's done for his businesses, well, that would be awesome. Well, I don't know that I would say that so fast. I'd say, have you heard of Trump Steaks? You'll watch on that video on my website, drshawngreener.com. Go to the blog section, theninjapastor.com. Go to the blog section. Go down there. You'll see it. There's a link right there for you. You watch him and you hear him in his own voice. Trump Steaks, defunct. Trump Shuttle, defunct. Trump Vodka, defunct. Trump World Magazine, defunct. Trump University, defunct and being sued. He makes light of that lawsuit. It is a huge lawsuit. And he says, we're going to win. We've already won bits and pieces of it so far. Only one problem with that is he's already paid out a huge amount of money, which he says he never settles. He never settles. No. Because you know what that says? That'll keep you getting sued. He settled tons of lawsuits. He's going to lose his shirt on this one. Trump University. GoTrump.com. Lost his shirt. Trump Baja Resort and Trump Tampa Resort. Lost his shirt. And a bunch of people lost their shirts. Trump Mortgage. Started off right before the mortgage crash in 2006. Not to mention the bankruptcies and the negotiations to salvage his resorts and casinos. And you say, look, man, that's just business. Didn't you know? That's what people do when they're in big business, man. It's, they, they can use bankruptcy. It's a tool. It's a tool, man. It's just a tool. And this dude is a good businessman. And we want a good businessman running the country. So what are we going to do, man? What are we going to do? We want that guy. He just, he just, those were just business bankruptcies. I want to ask you something. Do you understand who didn't receive their money owed to them when he went bankrupt multiple times? Who did not receive their money? I'll tell you who. The American hourly worker and small business owners who trusted Donald Trump to do what he said he was going to do. What did he say he was going to do? Hey, if you do this work for me, I'm going to pay you. But you know what? He didn't pay them. He paid himself, and he paid himself first and he paid himself only. I want to also tell you this, and we only have a couple minutes left. A building with Trump on it doesn't mean he owns the building or that he built the building. It means he licensed his name to the building. When he quotes how much he's worth, do you understand? I'm a billionaire. I'm a billionaire. I'm super filthy rich. I'm super rich. You understand that at least $5 billion of his estimate of his worth is his own self valuation of his own name and that he estimates that to be the value of his own name five billion dollars now i said this before and it's true you fact check it all you want trump is good friends with megan kelly and he's even better friends with the clinton family look man you have got to take some time take a breather and think And you say, with all that, you say you're going to vote for him if he's a nominee? Yes, I will. And then I'll do everything I can to push his policy. But the next president could be filling as many as four Supreme Court of the United States 
justice chairs. And if you don't think that's serious, you don't understand how this system works. Go to the website, theninjapastor.com, drshawngreener.com. Go to the blog section. You can peruse the rest of it, too. I'd love for you to do that. I would absolutely love it. Be honored. I'd be honored. But, folks, never was there a more serious choice that had to be made. I hope you enjoy the post. I hope you've enjoyed the show today. I'm honored that you would join me. I really am. I really am. It means a lot to me. Uh, you're the reason the show has grown the way that it has. And um, I'm, I'm very thankful for that. We're in tough times, America. Islam is on the march. They're here. And they're sharpening their blades. They're tying their wires tight on their bombs. This election is the most important of my lifetime. And it is of yours too. God bless you. And God bless America. And I want you to remember that this show has been dedicated to the memory of Ashley Guindon, 29-year-old Prince William County, Virginia police officer, killed in the line of duty on her first day at work. God bless America. We've got to stick together, mutually pledged. DrSeanGreener.com, TheNinjaPastor.com. Go take a visit. Let us know what you think. Thank you for joining us. God bless you. Join us next time for The Collision of Faith and Politics. And please follow this show at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash the ninja pastor. And follow Dr. Sean on Twitter at The Ninja Pastor and on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash God in Country Radio and at www.drshawngreener.com. In the meantime, Dr. Sean will be fighting for you and for this great country. Thank you for joining in this fight.